Hello and welcome to the Thrivecast. I am Greg. And I'm Jason. And we're here to talk to you today about marketing. Hey, Greg, I got a question. Ask me your question. Let me see. Hang on, I'm going to read it. Greg, how is marketing like picking up girls? <laughs> Great question, Jason. <laughs> marketing is like picking up girls uh, because in both you have to have a call to action. Think about it. Well, what's a call, uh, okay, what's a call to action when you're because, picking up chicks? Well, because here's the thing. So let's say you're at the bar because that's where I guess people pick up pick up girls or pick up dudes yeah, right you know, yeah people pick people up at bars right. and so you come up to you come up to i mean doing doing marketing without a call to action is like coming up and dropping off your best pickup line like hey baby i saw you across the smoky room uh and it must be smoky in here because you're on fire and then because that's because that's a pickup line well, and no, then you, you said just that's your best pickup line and, and, yeah and then you just wow. walk away after that, right. you just say that and you walk because that's what marketing's like. If you don't have a call to action, you're just throwing something out there in possibly to a person, possibly just to a general unknown audience. And without a call to action, you're just walking away, hoping that your audience will be so impressed by your pickup and that they will then find you and tell you what the next step is that they want. Because because with, with a with a pickup line, you're at a bar. You give your line, and instead of what you're, you're you're trying to you're trying to get something, you're trying to get the number, uh, like a phone, phone number. number. Thank yeah, you. Like a phone number is what you're trying to get, or you're trying to get a date, right? Or some sort of next a next step, right. whatever that next step is. Uh, and and so if you just drop off your pickup line, and take off, you're not going to be effective at meeting uh, potential girlfriends, boyfriends. So that's when you snap the bar napkin down and you say, "Write your number here." Write your, what's your number? Or can I get they write your it on your arm? That's what we did in uh-huh. the bowling alley when I was in high school. We would write it on each it? other's hand, and that was like right. intimate. Right. And now I think <laughs> you quickly you open Tinder quickly and you start swiping left until you maybe find that person's picture. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what the kids are doing. Well, these days. welcome to episode sixty-two. Uh huh. Isn't it? It is. Pretty sure. Yeah, the Thrivecast. Yeah. It's 61, 60. I've lost count. I think it's 62. I'm an accountant. I don't know how many we're at. It's 62. <laughs> and and today's all about all about marketing. And and here's a, true confessions too, because I think it's a a truism that accountants suck at marketing, and that is true for me. And it is something is it, we struggle with too. Um, but I think all people do. I think it I is. Think so too. I think it, I think it is a struggle for small businesses to even understand what marketing is, how it right. helps you. What are your calls right. to action? Uh, what is inbound strategy? Do you do paid advertising on Facebook? Do you do mark networking? Right. What is, you know referrals? Well, what is all this? Social and, media. And there's, and there's the the whole thing where uh, the the old the old uh, joke that says fifty percent of all advertising dollars are wasted. Just no one knows which fifty percent. That's right. So which that's a problem. And that's right. But but I think that there's that there's smart ways to do this. And Jason and I have been looking into marketing. And later we're going to talk to Ian Vassen, and he's going to tell Probably us Vason. some. But that's what I said about <laughs> he's going to tell us some stuff. But but before we get too deep in this, yeah. we do need to give a quick shout out to our sponsor. Like always, uh, our sponsor Avalera. is Avalara. 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 They rock. I saw those dudes uh, out at ZeroCon. Oh, yeah. We had fun at ZeroCon, and they were – I mean, they sponsored all kind of parties. Orange yeah. was everywhere. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was. They were. They were. They were not even like there was different tiers of sponsors because I was the MC and I had to say like the best levels. Right. They weren't that, but they they their presence was as if they were the main sponsor because they, you know, they rule that stuff. You know, and, they are marketing gurus, right? They they are. Like my they partner know. said, she hears them on NPR. No kidding. Yeah. Really? And NP. Well, you know what? I've heard them. I think I've heard them sponsor. No, no, no. It, it was it was zero. I, I heard zero on some of the podcasts I listened to, like comedy podcasts. Wow. Which is crazy. But zero's not a sponsor. Avalara is. So let's talk about that. Right. Avalara <laughs> rock. Thank you, Avalara. First off, uh, I am wearing my Avalara orange uh, yes, shirt today. So in their honor. Actually, just coincidence. But the other thing is I found this awesome advertisement in the Journal of Accountancy <laughs> that says uh, Ruby used to suffer from MSTS. Manual sales tax syndrome, <laughs> but manual sales tax syndrome is treatable. Ask, ask your accountant about Avatax today. Uh, so, if you suffer from manual sales tax from MSTS, you need to get a hold of Avalara. Uh, <laughs> they also what trust file that one that one at Zericon that one like the best new mm-hmm. app for yeah. zero. As yeah, well, it's, for yeah trust it's, file. it's really good. You log in, it'll just suck stuff right out of right out of accounting packages and just. Cre- create the sales tax form in seconds. It's a trip. Yeah, it shows you right. the PDF, and it's just it's robots. fills it out. It robots. You're you're hiring robots to do your work for right. you by getting Avalara in. And the we mix, talked so. about robots at ZeroCon, and they were you know Avalara has a lot of robots working for them. I know, and you need that today. Come on, it's the 21st century. Get a damn robot. Go to Avalara.com <laughs> now. Marketing. <laughs> so no, we got to do a call to action. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, we do. Well. well Okay. Calls to actions are better at the end, but let's do it right now. I oh, want to do it right now. It's an example. Yeah, it is an example. Okay. What would we, if so, you're listening to the Thrivecast, what would we want somebody who's listening to the Thrivecast to do? Well, we are, Thrival is a community of creative CPAs running their own firms, helping each other, where we come together and grow together and right. challenge each other and coach right. each other and, and learn from each other and learn as from each other. Lifelong freaking learners. Right. So wh- the call to action is if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, we're we're like this community community you need to join. Yeah. We're we're waiting. You're probably one of our family. Mm-hmm. If you listen to this podcast, if you're weird enough to listen to this podcast, Thrival right. is one of your family. Yeah, we're waiting yeah. on you to come to our page and say, "I'm interested in talking about Thrival." That's what we want you to do. That's our call right. to action. Is there another could, one? Yeah, I think I think there. I mean, there's tons of calls to action. You can the call to action could be join Thrival. Go, and go to go. Thrival.com to figure out about how to become a Thrival member. Right. Go to the uh, member That's a call to action. Yep. Go, go to Thrival.com. Right. Check out about membership. Cool. That's something that we could have them do. Uh, coming to Deeper Weekend. Yeah, that's Because that, you don't have to be a Thrival member to come to no, Deeper Weekend. anybody can come. And anybody can, Yeah, we're going to learn about sales. Uh, uh-huh. You know, from Blair Inns and uh-huh. uh, it's 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 huge. And if so, that's the thing. So, like, I know I know a guy. Uh, you you met him at ZeroCon. So, uh, Zach Call, he's the guy who helped yeah. me with my with the, with the uh, awesome. with the third and yet to be released H and R blog blog post. That's right. That's and, right. And check this out. He's the he's like he goes to work and he's like I'm I, I I feel like I am getting all these insights and and there's great ways to run this business, but but I'm but he feels kind of alone at his firm. Yeah. It, because because the way they're doing it is good enough and it, and it's worked for a lot of time. But he's like going, I need to break out of here and I hope I was okay using his name on our <laughs> podcast. 
Uh, <laughs> you just got him fired. Oh boy. I just got him fired. His dad's gonna disown him now. Uh, but um, but he but that's the thing. So if you're alone, you c- come to Deeper Weekend that's and right. you'll figure out. I mean, you'll figure out if this is the right place for you by being there because you'll meet the other yeah. bunch of the thrival yeah. people and figure out if the vibe is right. And then you can join the online community and then you and which is the right. So those, you know, there's tons of calls to yeah. action, tons of things that people can do. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I I like uh, calls to act. I don't like high pressure uh, anything. So you want them to be soft. Call, a call to action s- should be soft. Right. Well, but here's the thing. A call to action needs to be soft, which to me means, uh, hey, this is something that I think is fantastic, and you, you're going to know if it's right for you. And if it is, do it. So, so where you're putting – you're empowering your potential uh, customers – to do the next call. And you're, it's almost a filter where it's like, here's what it is. I presented it properly. I presented it well. I believe in what I'm doing. I think I've got a kick-ass product. I know it's not right for everybody. You got to determine if it's right for you. And if it is, this is what you should do. Right. Go to Deeper Weekend. Go to Thrival.com. Check it out. Right. And that I, kind of stuff. And you know, I think I've always, not always, but sometimes I've felt bad about trying to sell like that, trying to tell people, hey, you need to join Thrival. Or, or, hey, come to Deeper Weekend. It's like I'm being salesy. But no, people have taught me, listen, if the thing you guys do is valuable and it helps people grow and it does change their lives, you kind of have to tell them about it. Right. You should be giving this to people. Totally. But I love, there's something empowering though about just being able to say, hey, I know that what I've got isn't for everybody. That's true. I think there's something hugely powerful about that because then you because you're relinquishing control to but because okay let me give an example this is a this is a dumb example and Megan's gonna love this because I I do you know I run a self storage facility did you know no you don't know that no that's, that's one of the million damn things that I do at my day job okay <laughs> quick quick story the 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 doctors who built our buildings that one of the buildings did not call for a basement. When they actually started building it, the builders were like, hey, for chump change compared to the multi-million dollars for this building, we can build out a basement. The doctors were like, going, what can we do with the basement? Storage. One of the guys had a self-storage unit somewhere else, and they said, we'll do a self-storage facility down there. Oh, wow. the, guy, the guy that I took over from never really ran with that ball. I got in here. I knew that was something they were supposed to do. I put together self-storage. We have, a full, we have 67 units wow. self-storage facility in the basement. Now, here's the thing. There's a <laughs> lot. You can't get into your units 24 Four seven, so we're not for everybody because ah. that's not that's not a, a possibility. But we've got the best uh, we've got the best security around because you can't get to your crap twenty four seven. The whole <laughs> damn building locks down. Okay, we got that. It's not the kind of facility you can drive your car up to your unit. All the units are interior, but they're temperature controlled. So it's like some people. So so I, I think we've got an awesome self storage facility. But when I'm talking to customers, I go. I know this isn't for everybody, but the people that it's good for, it's amazing for. So, and so I, what you have to do is marketing is about then putting the message of what you're selling in front of the right people and then mm-hmm. saying, if this is right for you, you really right. need to act on this. Right. And in your head, you might be saying, I know it's right for you. You know what I'm saying? That, my, that's what my, you're saying about them. My, ju- my judgment is that this is right for you, but you got to determine if this is right for you because that's that's what the buyer's position is that's they choose that's their job is to go yes this is right, right for me so you're kind of just saying the obvious anyways but i think that helps bring some of the you know 
takes some of the pressure out of a high pressure sales pitch. Yeah. I know what I what I have is awesome. And you really got to believe that. Oh yeah. If you do, if you don't think that what you're doing is awesome, step 1 make your crap awesome. Right. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Thrival, we do have examples of people's lives being changed. And yeah. and it, it really is something we can say you're if you're if you're a, a startup or maturing firm and you're alone, you don't have to be alone. Thrival right. is a community where you don't have to be alone and you right. can grow and you can get knowledge sharing from other right. people. You can have access to me. I can care about you and care uh-huh. for you one-on-one yeah. individually. That's what right. we do. So do right. you think, okay, so inbound marketing here. Okay, so we've done a lot of inbound marketing in our firm. Okay, this define, is, define inbound marketing because I'm a dummy. Well, <laughs> I'll probably screw this up, but I'm going to try. So I think it's uh, revolving around content. So it's really okay. uh, placing yourself out as an okay. authority. It's, so it's uh, a lot of content. And uh, we've done that pretty well. Um, Avalara does it in their ads that you've seen in AICPA and NPR. Um, but one thing we haven't added to it now that I'm thinking about it is a call to action. Uh, That's the thing we always right. leave out. It's okay. always here's knowledge, here's wisdom, here's call to right. action. I never say give me your email so I can help you know how to how to get right. what we sell you. Right. Okay. So I think that's, that's inbound. That's okay. Inbound. So that's when they find somehow they find you and they come to you. They come so to outbound you. is when I'm I'm making like if I'm doing a direct mailer. Right. That's not inbound marketing. Or cold calling. Right. Or cold calling. Right. That's that's not inbound marketing. Gotcha. Okay. So but but part of what we're talking about too, this might be a good transition, is to permission marketing. Do you, that's yeah. Be, so that's part of it. Okay. Because permission marketing, old old idea. We we dug up Seth Godin's blog post on permission marketing, which re- references his book called Permission Marketing in the blog post. The blog post was from 2008. So old. it's old. It's this is, old as butt. This is old as a, as a butt <laughs> is what this is. I mean, if, if you start thinking back, what, what, was, what was going on? What was not going on eight years ago? A lot of stuff. Man, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Well, uh, so he, he defines per- permission marketing, which is kind of like, it's kind of like inbound, right? I don't see. I don't know. You and I, we don't well, necessarily ge- know what we're talking about. But it's to, okay. It's to generate. I think it's to generate inbound. Mar- well, no, no, no. What it is, it's inbound marketing as a means to generate places where you can do out. You're, you're getting permission to do outbound marketing. Somebody's ah. saying, "Hey, hey, you're going to do outbound marketing. Please do it to me because I like what nice. you're doing." Nice. That's what it is. That's a good way. So he says in the in the post. Permission is like dating. This was our yes. example at the beginning. Right. You don't right. start by asking for the sale at first pr- impression. You earn the right over time, bit by bit. So permission uh-huh. is also has some content flavor to it. It's right. it's proving you're an authority, so that you can then ask for people's email address, basically, and right. then you make a promise, basically, to what you're going to do with that. And uh, then you uh, perform outbound marketing on right. the list of people who gave you permission to market to them. Right. And I think when he says it's, it's dating, it means it, it, it's incremental. You don't right. you don't go up to somebody at a bar and say, "Excuse me, miss, I saw you from across the room. Please have my babies." That's right. not <laughs> you that's, don't do that. That's the wrong that's the wrong steps. Right. You got to take. You got to go. Hey, here's what I'm all about. Are you kind of feeling this? Oh yeah, I'm kind of feeling that. Here's you know here's what I'm about. Oh yeah, it looks like you know. And then you, you make sure you're the right fit and you. Move you, forward. You do coffee. To babies. To babies. Next step. That's step number two. 
<laughs> That's right. Either, yeah, phone number of babies. I don't know. It's, it's somewhere, <laughs> somewhere in there. But, um, but one of the, some of the things in this article, in this blog post, and I hope we'll, we'll put a link to this on the, uh, on the show notes, but there's some, there's some really interesting things because, uh, because Seth Godin talks about how you need to have a very clear offering and you need to not overstep what people are giving you permission to do. Hmm. So like he even gives a story there where he did, he, he, he said with his, uh, his permission marketing book, he offered people a third, uh, like uh, 33% off the book if they'll give him, his, if just if they'd give him their email addresses. But he didn't say what he was going to do with the email addresses. Uh. So he has, he says he's never done anything with those email addresses because <laughs> he didn't, all he did was say, I'll do this, you do that. I'll give you the book for, thir- for a third off, you give me your email address. That was okay. that was the whole so, bargain. So maybe he should have said, or maybe he wanted to do that, but he could have said, "Give me your email address, and every now and then I'll send you articles right. about uh, private right. articles that nobody else has access to, right. or something." Exactly. He's and, saying and he, you have to be clear about what you're going to give in return yeah. for yes. the, what they give you. Yes, exactly. And he and he goes on. He says he says this whole thing where it's not uh, permission marketing isn't isn't the same as your privacy policy. Policy what, what where does it that says mean? that we will we will not share your email addresses with any third party oh. vendors except blah blah blah. That's not that's not permission marketing. So don't say so, that. Yeah. So well, just it, it's got to be more clear than that. It's got to be a very explicit thing, and you're you're dealing with people's trust because because part of his whole thing with permission marketing is saying the world's flipped around. We have tons of way of filtering out uh, marketing messages, even though it's ubiquitous, even right. though. Even though, you know, I, I go on Facebook and there's marketing messages in there. Maybe they're all subliminal, but I, I find it really easy to scroll past those. I've got uh, everything I watch on TV, I watch on my DVR. So I skip over all the commercials, right. uh, except for the one, sometimes I go, ooh, that looked interesting, and I rewind it to see right. what they got. That's me giving permission right. uh, for some marketing. So uh, so with that, he says, you've got to trust, you've got a lot of people's trust that they're giving to you when they say, hey, yeah, send me Send me uh, your marketing. Send it my way. I want to know what's going on. So is blogging marketing? That's a great question. I, <laughs> yes. It, it is? It is. I'm going to say, well, it depends on the type of marketing. I mean, the type of blogging that you do. So, uh, well, why I, do, why do we blog? I mean, don't we blog to share knowledge, to gain wisdom or to, to build authority so that we can then ask for people's email addresses to market to them yeah. specifically? Is that the only reason we market? Is that the, the only reason we market is I to mean, make a to sale blog. to blog. Is that I, the only reason we blog is to mm-hmm. sell stuff eventually? No, it's no, it's not, not the best blogs. I, I, cause I think, cause here's what I think. And this is, this is a, a, this is a unfinished idea that's in my head, but I think that the best marketing is the marketing that you do that doesn't feel like marketing. The stuff that's like, I've got this, I, I I need to get this out there Ah. in some way or another, because this is just too good. And how you write then or something you need to write. Right. And if it's blogging, it's like, here's some stuff I just need to, it, it's in me. I got, well, it's like, uh, what's the guy's name? Henry, Tom Henry, Todd Henry, Todd Henry. Yeah. Todd Henry. Todd his Henry. book's called die empty is one of his books is called die empty. 
And the idea is you've got all these great ideas inside of you. Don't die with them inside of you. Get them out there because the talk, the clock's ticking and eventually you're not going to be able to get those great ideas that are in your head, all that creativity. You're not going to be able to get it out. So, But a lot of people you, just don't have time to blog. Right. You're, you're right. And those people suck. Uh, lately, I've been one. Of I don't those. know. That was that no. was kind of that was too harsh. That was too, that's too harsh. right. Well, okay. so here we've done a lot of content because I don't have time to blog. I wish that I blogged every day. No, yeah, but I, I don't have time, so I suck on that myself. I want to write, but what what we haven't done in our blogs is actually put calls to action, um, mm-hmm. because we do want to use blogging as a way to show that we are an authority, right? But we also have something of value that they may need, right? Right. And, and if we're proud of it and it's good, which it is, we should state it proudly and boldly. Totally. Well, here's here's the thing. So again, go wrapping back around. Uh, you know, ZeroCon was just last week from when we're recording this, not from when it drops. And uh, and I don't know. I don't know if you noticed this. I, I don't know if I don't think I told you this. Uh, one of the one of the presenters before he had an hour to present, and before he went out, he was like, "Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to do an uh, hour. I might only do forty minutes." And and then the lady who was like in charge of it comes to me and goes, oh, if he only do, does forty minutes, can you can you just fill twenty minutes for him? And in my head, I'm like going, uh, no, <laughs> I've been totally that. Not, I'm not prepared at all for that. And so I'm sitting there going, oh, you know. And then it's this total wild card of he could he could need me to to burn up five minutes. He could or need maybe me not. to burn up twenty minutes, or maybe nothing. Maybe he's going to use the whole hour. Who knows? And so I'm trying to get this idea. And so his his thing was about a lot of it was about content marketing mm. is what he talked about. And then I, I kind of put some, you know, I was like, how do, how can I fill time? Well, I do stand up, so I could do some stand up, but then I need to like justify why I'm doing stand up, not just right. like, hey guys, here's some here's some funny jokes. <laughs> so 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 what? And tons of tons of my material is about weird crap that we deal with as accountants. Tons of it. That's and, true. and I got, I got tons of it from the tax code. So I, so I was telling these jokes that I have, like, like there's a, uh, one, one time I was reading an article in the journal of accountancy and it was in the tax practice corner or whatever it's called. And it was about how it was about the scholarship exclusion, which full disclosure, don't really know what that is. It's the scholarship exclusion. I think where it's not, you don't have to declare scholarship as income okay. or something like yeah, that. I don't and know. so this, and, and this was a phrase that uh, from part of the tax code that they quoted in there said, the scholarship exclusion does not apply to any non-child qualifying child. What the hell? What, <laughs> what the is hell that? is a, a non-child qualifying child? That's ridiculous. <laughs> but I looked it up, I figured it out. And, and that's the things that we can do is go, okay, here's the thing. This might not apply to you, but here's, there's a scholarship exclusion. Here's what that means. It doesn't apply to a non-child qualifying child. This is a ridiculous phrase because the tax code is so weird. Let me unfold that for you. Now you just got a little smarter and guess what? I'm brilliant at taxes. If you need help with taxes, give me your email address and I'll, I'll contact you and we'll talk about if I can help you with your taxes or give me your email address address and I'll send you interesting tidbits where you can get smarter about the complexity of the tax code. Or, so you can or blog cartoons about, that you're drawing. Or, or cartoons that I'm drawing that are going to... But, but if, if the call to action, you know, part of it is allow me to send you more content. Right. But also it, also it needs to present, here's what I can actually do for you. And so... so Okay, so again, permission marketing involves a call to action, but you mm-hmm. have to have the authority to be able to ask for that permission. And then when you tell right. them what you're going to do with it, you have to be uh-huh. very clear about what you're going to so. do with it. If you just say, give me your email, 
Uh-huh. Seth Godin was saying, then all you can do is let them give have you your email. email. Yeah. You have an email. Yeah. Um, so what we need to do in our call to action is say, give us your email so we can send you periodically, so we, you know, more content that right. will help you grow. And you can, and you can, because another thing, okay, so here's, I mean, another plug for Thrival. I dig the Yammer platform. I yeah. I should be more active in Yammer. Every time I get in there, I'm I am astonished. In preparation for this podcast, yeah. there's a thread in Yammer in the Thrival Yammer closed social network group. There's a thread for marketing, and I went on there, and there's been there's been a half a dozen posts or more yeah. just on marketing people throwing out marketing ideas just in the last month it's real stuff real stuff yeah. they're working through too the some, pe- yeah. some of it's not good and some some are struggling but that's how we learn together yeah exactly and it's people coming together going i mean it's really people going how do i do this right i you know or or somebody going hey guys check this out i did this right and being excited about it and people learning from yeah. that and uh, everybody getting excited together so there's uh the, and I, where were we going with that? Well, I, you know, we—I think we were talking about blogging and permission marketing, but it, right. it made me think. There's other. There's there's oh. there's some marketing. I oh, what were you? Where were you going? Net- networking. Yeah, yeah. As mar- okay. Networking as marketing. That's that, where I was going. You saw that in the marketing thread I, in, I the thrival, in the the private. Uh, yeah, group. because that because that's the thing because because if you read my blog post, we're not we haven't networked. I don't know necessarily who you are. Right. Just because, you know, right. I mean, I can look at data analytics and I can see that three people in Kyrgyzstan have read my blog <laughs> for some unknown reason, but I don't know who you are. Okay. And I know that you did it on a Chrome browser. Good for you. That's a quality browser, but I don't know who you are. <laughs> so we, it, so part of, part of what your call to action could be was please network with me. Yeah. Go to LinkedIn, ask me to connect. And then once they do that, then I go, hey, I noticed that you connected on here. Are you reading my blog? How did you get, you know, that kind of thing. And then you can you can start to network and you can start to build this relationship. Because, well, because our our industry accounting more is is more relational than most. Or, or is that wrong? No. No, I, I think it's. I think it's true. Well, we we sell services. We don't sell products. So right. service based industries are going to be people selling people. Um, right. And I think I think that's right. one way we're trying to to tweak our marketing as a firm a little bit. We've always cared a lot about content marketing. I love to write, and I have processes to do that. But we're finding a lot of value and moving faster. F- Moving forward faster by networking, and to me right. that means uh, meeting people one on one. Right. Um, but now Joey Brandon in Thrival would say you can only network for so long. It eventually it, it could just be you're meeting a bunch of people that can never become your client. He right. says build a strong business network, which are people you serve, uh-huh. uh, and and they start referring people to you, and you'll really never run out of clients. And you don't have to go networking to people that you may never serve. But we're, we're careful in our networking. Right. Uh, we do right. want to go after a person that does need what we sell, and uh, they need help. And that's that's effective. And they need help, and they're a very – I mean, you know, this goes back to just basics that we always talk about. They, they're, they've got to be – a specific type of person. You only serve creative people. Right. So if there's a construction guy that really needs your help, sorry, I don't do construction. Right. We do design firms. So well, and we're we're not good at construction. That that's you know that's a right. that's more of a complex type thing, and we we just don't know, you know, yeah. how to do it well. Um, gotcha. 
Right. You know, the, Which again is like, we know what we do awesome. It's not for everybody. Your construction, right. not for you. That's what you I'll have tell to do. you that right now. You can you can join you can go try to join Thrival if you want, but it's not for, it's not for you, construction <laughs> right. guy. Right. So so Ni, so Nisha Pai, one of our members, um, uh-huh. she she's been networking lately, and she wanted to join a BNI group in Charlotte where she was, but hated it. It wasn't a good yeah. group, so she yeah. formed her own group. Uh huh. She formed yeah. her own networking group, and a bunch of people joined. And so, right. I mean, B- it, BNI is a beers and incense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that what it, is that yeah, what BNI so, stands for? Yeah, beers and okay. incense uh, group, okay. and she didn't right. want to be in it, and so she uh-huh. created her own group. I don't know if it's a BNI group, but she created her own group. Right. So that's a networking, basically a networking group. Yeah, and that's okay. that's pretty creative. That's I mean, awesome. it's like you you try to join a networking group, it doesn't work. We'll make your own, and right. I mean, it could be a virtual networking group. It could be right. a, a a live one that you go yeah. to. You have lunch, you know, once yeah. a month. I don't know. That was yeah. cool. That was totally cool. Yeah, um, if something sucks, make something that doesn't suck. That's right. Now, one that's thing it. about marketing as we're wrapping up that I don't understand. Tell and me. I, and I think we're both yeah. clueless on this is paid marketing. Is oh, yeah. paying to run ads on Facebook, paying to run ads on Twitter and LinkedIn. And I I really I've ta- I talked to somebody actually about that at ZeroCon. And I'm hearing that that's a different strategy for a larger firm that already has done a lot of one-on-one networking and built their core business so that now they have the cash flow and a bigger company to support Mm -hmm. this, this kind of marketing that is, um, it is, I mean, it's hit and miss and you got to know what you're doing. It's much more technical. Right. I think. In terms of like, you're talking about Facebook ads paid? Well, yeah. Paid people for somebody, paying somebody that knows what they're doing to just do advertising in general. I I think, I think if you're, if you're paying for ads on Facebook, Twitter, Mm -hmm. LinkedIn, I think it's also good to pay a technical marketing expert to help you know how to target effectively because you could blow tons of money. Right. And never get anything because if you have an expert, they may, Say well, where's your landing page? Where's your call to action? And if you don't have those things, right? Well, then you're paying money to put something in front of people's eyeballs right. that they never can take action right. on. Right? That's something but, I would do. But it's weird. It's weird crap. Those ads are weird crap. The, the whole hard. well, no, and it's but they're hard. But they can be. They can nail it. I got. I got so many uh, sponsored content, so much sponsored content on my Facebook feed from the AICPA mm. when they're trying to do their uh, AICPA SEMA uh, joint venture yeah. vote. And it was like, leave me alone, <laughs> AICPA. But they, but they knew I, where you were. I, they knew. They they found. They knew I was. I, I don't know if it says I'm a member. I don't think it says I'm a member on my Facebook page. Maybe well, it probably does. targeting CPAs. CPAs, probably. But and maybe so, it does. Maybe at some point I said that I've been in the AICPA for, you know, a member of that. Maybe I liked the AICPA. I yeah. don't know. Well, you know what we need? We, we know there's somebody listening that's a marketing expert. And I uh-huh. know you're making fun of us right now because we yeah. don't know what the crap we're talking right. about. But you need to comment on this podcast. That's a call to action. That's a total call to action. Comment on this podcast post. Yeah. And tell us, give us some new knowledge on marketing, specifically totally. paid marketing. Yeah. And who should do it? Larger companies, certain revenue, your size, cousin, your cousin. Cal. I want to know, is Cal supposed to do it? Yeah. I I don't know. I don't trust that guy. <laughs> He's always been iffy. Come on. You used to be a garbage man, Cal. How, how do I trust you for Facebook ads? <laughs> 
So, okay, so there's our warped view and journey through marketing for accountants. You know what? You started off the podcast with accountants suck at marketing. I think uh, I know why. It's because you and I are teaching everybody how to do right, it. Right, right. We're horrible. But but here, okay, so so to wrap up, but here's some fun. things. What what are what are the action points of what we've talked about? You should you need to get you need to blog and what what name one thing that you think is a mistake besides a call to action and blogging. Uh, actually, I can link an article to okay, Hub, link Hub, to HubSpot that's yeah. how to avoid twelve common beginner right. business blogging mistakes. I think consistency is the biggest one. It is huge. Bl- you blog should do that and make sure that you do it on a schedule. Yeah, I think it matters less what the schedule is. More than that, you just have a schedule and That's you right. stick to it, hell or high water. Right. And That's here's usually- a couple. Here's a couple other points they make in here. One, mistake number four: your topics are too broad uh-huh. uh, to target people. You got to get real specific. So right. create very specific working titles. Right. I'm broad, probably in in the way that I write. Yeah. Oh, you think? Well, I don't know. I think I think you're pretty focused. I read your blogs. And nice. they're pretty. They're pretty. I mean, what? Yeah, you're. I mean, you're. You're getting into big places, but it's pretty specific in terms of who the, who needs those blogs. Yeah. It's not. You know, uh, some. You know, somebody who works at a at a pet grooming store isn't going to care about your blog. That's right. So, but <laughs> so, but so, I think I think I mean the other thing weren't weren't we wasn't it a deeper weekend where somebody said that. Uh, that that so many accounting firms their blog is recipes. Yes. Yeah. Don't yeah. do that. <laughs> Matt from Bizink, who built who builds websites, said he told us that a lot of blogs have recipes. <laughs> you and I didn't believe him. He said, "I will right. send you blogs." Yeah, he and they did. were all current. There was like a lemon cake or something like that, and it was ridiculous. <laughs> so use our accounting firms because because we're going to give you the best lemon bars recipe. Anyways, uh, yeah, there's an article about that. But but start start blogging. Start networking. Your call to action can be to network with go. people. You like what I write? I'm in your eyes. I'm a superstar. Let's go have coffee or let's get on a Skype and let's talk. So those are some calls to action you could do. So. Get out there and then calls to action and follow okay. up on that. Well, we got to get Ian Vason on the horn. We do. He's, he because can help, he, he helps practices grow. Yeah, and he probably isn't a big dummy right. like me. And he can actually say things that he can support with right. data and facts. <laughs> and we just make crap up. <laughs> okay, let's oh, get Ian God. on the phone. How about now? now? Boom, we're pumped to be back on the Thrivecast with Ian Vason, VP of Product Marketing of Carbon. Carbon with a K, y'all. Carbon with a K. What's up, Ian? What's up, guys? How you doing? Good, man. We're doing gonna, great. Why are we talking like rappers, man? What's up? Because because that's because that's how we uh, flow. Uh, so, Ian, <laughs> welcome to the Thrivecast. Uh, before before we get too too far along, um, we were just talking off the air. You so right now you're at Carbon with a K, and with a K. and before that you were at Zero with an X. That's correct. I, I I start to see a pattern here. I can't spell things. That's and right. Be- <laughs> before that you were at Intuit with a bad online product. Ooh, oh, that's nice. I oh, went that's, there. Oh, that's not nice. Nathan yeah. working hard on it now. Hey, hey. <laughs> So you have been around the block, I guess is what we're trying to say. 
I have been around the block at the block of Silicon Valley. I've been, I've hit all corners. All corners. <laughs> and you know well, what? And I've been watching that TV show, so I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get an understanding of how I live. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, you've been watching Silicon Valley? Yeah, I, I, I haven't show. put myself on. I haven't put myself on the roof yet, but I could. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Ian, I was at ZeroCon, and this dude walks up to me, and he's and I know him, and he says, "We do five thousand tax returns a year," and. That's a lot in my world, probably in most firms' world. And he said, but we're on carbon, and this stuff flows like it's never flowed before. So we got you on as an expert, as really somebody to help us grow our firms. And But is the carbon product, is that like a platform to help people grow or just to help it people is. run more smoothly, smoother firms? It is, and uh, it's funny you mention that because we just changed our uh, our branding and so forth, literally to a couple weeks ago as the practice growth engine for accounting nice. firms. So, you know, it comes down to the fact that it starts with uh, you've got bottom line, top line, obviously, but it starts from really having a well oiled machine inside your firm, yep. and then you're taking that, and it goes back to a lot of concepts you guys have actually talked about for for years, which is well. Once you're able to understand how to operate more efficiently, once you're able to understand how to price engagements correctly, once you're able to manage Scope Creek, then you get the fact you've got uh, maybe more resources, more availability, and then it's directing those to higher value activities and being able to understand how to manage that from a client perspective and an engagement perspective. And that's what Carbon does. It kind of brings all that stuff together so you know what to do and you know what to do next. And that next is where the fun stuff is. Ah, so it lubricates oh. your business model. It does. <laughs> it takes, Some of the best lubricant that you can get in market these days. So it takes so it takes <laughs> away the friction of people manually walking files back and forth through an office and stopping and talking about each other's grandmother or whatever. Um, and then you just redirect the things you're saving towards more work, better work, higher price work. Well, what you can do is you can have the conversation about the grandma online in the moment to save you from stepping across the office to go to the water cooler to do so. But then in context, so that quickly switch over to the actual work that should have been done. So you can get that done. So then you can get back up to go to the water cooler to follow up on that conversation with the grandma. Nice. Right. Because that's important. Because community is. at work, I, that's one of the things I keep thinking is I, people, part of the reason why people work is to have social interactions with other humans. Okay. So I think every time we start saying, oh, too much time at the water cooler, no, that's that's invaluable to a lot of people. It is. So I like that. I like I like the change you made there, Ian. I thought it was like golf. It's just so you can go out and swear at something and it's a four-letter <laughs> word. <laughs> the, the uh, yeah, the water cooler. <laughs> yeah. Go over and swear at it. Swear at water. Damn water cooler, cooling all the water. Well, <laughs> think you're all good with those bubbles. Now, here's the thing though. Um, so you, so, uh, you are a marketer and, it, and that's what, is that what you did at, at zero and into it as well as marketing? I, you know, I'm a kind of, I, you know, I'm like, I, I almost went to political side, but I'll just go there. Cause uh -oh. I saw your article on Trump, by the way, right. uh -oh. yeah. which Good. was fantastic. And, Thank uh, you. you know, I've been a bit of a flip flopper myself. Uh -huh. I flipped between product and marketing. I've done that for okay. the last 25 okay. years. So. Although product, that's one of the four P's of marketing. So Product, it is price, pr promotion, placement. and placement. Yeah, those are the, yep. the four C's. So that's that's really part of it. So what? Um, so here, so so get it. Just I mean, we want to dive back into marketing because that's what we've been talking about on this podcast. What in your without without even giving away what we've done in the past? 
in, in the, what we were talking about in the last half hour. What do you think are are the biggest weaknesses for specifically for for smaller accounting firms with their marketing? What are they what what are they doing that's wrong? Well, I think um, again, you go you go and you look at the, you know I'll, I'll break it down into four different bits. Um, there's inbound marketing and outbound marketing. Those are the two most classic things that people look at. Inbound is where people come and find you and then want to buy your stuff and everything's great. Outbounds when you go out to find them, you spend a bunch of money and you hope that something sticks on the wall and you ultimately you ultimately get some customers and clients out of that. Nice, Jason. Jason, we nailed that. Early. Yeah, we like that's okay. we were trying to define it. We had no clue what we yeah. were talking about. So yeah, but that's good. <laughs> we said it right. But I'm though. take it to another level. I'm oh, do it. Level. Go deeper. All right. So in between that, that kind of nestles between the inbound outbounds two pieces. There's content marketing which is extremely important for enabling both, but much more important for inbound. And the next one is referral marketing, which is extremely important in our business, which is the starting point for everybody. Um, It is the lowest cost, highest value. It is a word of mouth business inherently, and people don't spend any time on it. The only thing they generally spend their time on is they put at the bottom of their emails, I I live off of referrals. Why don't you refer me to your friend? Which Uh doesn't work. Mm. Right. And and can I tell you, I, I like just the idea of asking for referrals kind of makes me want to barf. It does. But here's the thing. Would you like to have to let go the employee that is your best employee in your firm? Probably would barf more on that than you would right, if you actually sure. your client who loves you dearly, um, right. where if you're actually tracking whether or not they love you, that uh-huh. conversation is super easy. Does that okay. make sense? Yes. Well, so, so I've struggled with referrals too. Even recently, I've been asking for referrals from our clients. The, you know, and sometimes they struggle to, to to think of one. They're like, God, you know, let me get back to you. I haven't even thought about that. And maybe I'm not doing something to to keep reminding them to to keep you know referring our firm to their friends. I, I don't think I know how to do to ask for referrals the right way. So it goes. So it goes in a. It's a two part plan, guys. Um, okay. So. Already, I'm making this stuff up on the spot too because I don't know if it's actually. Two, but we'll go from good. There. But when it's uh, a two, when you have a two part plan, that's awesome. And just going, listen, I'm pulling this out of my butt, but I just have a feeling there's going to be six parts. So, get out your, so hit me with a pencil, and if I've only got three, I'll make up three more. Okay, go. Exactly. I usually I do ten because you get a little bit of breadth. But no, um, no. So, so in all honesty, here's so so. And again, you, we're going to talk about some other bits of marketing, but referral is really important. So, okay. yeah. The first thing is yes. When you ask somebody, and I go, "Hey, Jason, you're a client of mine. You love you love what I do." And I say, "Hey, Jason, you know, can you refer me to your friends?" You know, if there's ten of you, nine of you are going to look at me and just with a blank stare and say, mm-hmm. I, "I don't know. Yeah. Uh, maybe if I think of somebody, I'll come back." But one of them will. So that's why you're constantly asking, but it's kind of like dating. You're going to get rejected a lot, and you just have to deal with it and move on. Cool. But the key is is the follow-up on that, and that's where people forget. What you're trying to do on referral marketing is lead to social proof. And what I mean by that is I ask you, I say, hey, do you you love my work? Um, Hopefully we're doing like a net promoter or satisfaction survey, or I'm asking you in the moment of completing a project or shortly thereafter, so I know whether or not you love my stuff or not. Because if you love my stuff, and you love what we do, you're most likely going to refer um, or you're going to do more business with me. So I need to be right. ca- captured. And, and, the, net pro- and the, net promoter, the net promoter question is, how likely are you to recommend us to your friends and colleagues or something, right? On a scale of one to 10, right? Right. Scale so if somebody's 10. giving you a 10, then you can call either their, 
they're really like you or you get a call BS and say, oh, so who are some of these friends you're going to recommend exactly. me to? Exactly. You just answered this question. It says friends on there. Uh-huh. Let's talk. Let's, 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 let's look at your Facebook and let's start talking about which yeah. ones actually have businesses. Right. Um, so, yeah. So you look at those nines and tens, but then you say, look, do you, do you have anyone to refer? And if they say, yes, I have someone to refer, you immediately get the name and you immediately say, hey, look, I'm going to after we're done with the meeting, I'm going to send you an email that I'd like you to pass along to them to introduce me to them so I can have a follow up conversation to see whether or not I'm right fit for them. Would you mind doing that? Because the time duration that is spent between the confirmation of that and when you do the follow-up is critical. The longer that elongates out, the less likely it's going to happen. And it's got to happen within 24 hours. Uh, uh. Because at the end of the day, everyone's super busy and they don't really care about you. That's, that's what's really up. They're really doing you a favor, which yeah. means they're spending time and energy. And so you only have so much duration of time to work from that. So now, I, I feel bad. Why do you feel bad? I feel because bad because they're spending time on, and they're like, crap, I had something else to do. Thanks, Jason. You'd feel bad if you did horrible customer service and your end product was crap. Right. But the difference is, is everybody here is probably listening to this podcast, has excellent service yep. and has really helped those small businesses succeed. Yeah. So actually the client that you're talking to appreciates that, understands what's done for their business, and then can translate that to a friend of theirs that might need help. Nice. And if that person gets help, then they're going to get better service. Their business is going to do better. And it's just a nice little, you know, it's a nice little fashion of, of everyone's doing better together, the all boats rise kind of scenario. Does that make right. sense? Um, so you yeah. shouldn't feel guilty about it. Yeah. Now, if you're asking someone who's giving you a net promoter score of three, hey, would you like to refer me to somebody? They'll be like, yeah, I'll refer you to somebody. Yeah, I'll refer you. I'll tell them how much yeah. you suck. <laughs> right. Right. And so that goes to part two of the plan, right? Okay. So part one was you asked for the referral. One out of 10 is going to say yes and give you some information, and you have to be diligent and follow that. The other nine are going to tell you to pound sand or just look at you blankly. Right. And they're not going to tell you off. They're just going to look at you blankly. And at that point, you go, you know, it's okay if you don't have anyone refer, you know, to refer to me, but what you could really do is help me out by helping other people know about how great of service I've given you or what I've done for your business. Oh, Let me, can I direct you to whether it be a ratings and review site that, I, that, that people talk about me on, where you could tell the story about how I've helped. It would take you less than a minute. I'll send you an email. It has the three steps of where to go. It's just one click. Give me whatever rating you think is appropriate, but please write some commentary, a couple sentences about why, why I do what I do is so great for you and your business. Nice. So what you've now done is you've taken what I call like the, it's basically the three R's, it's referrals, ratings, and reviews. And so you're basically going from a standpoint of, I make the ask, but I'm going to get something out of this. Because when you tell me that, no, I can't refer you, you now feel compelled to do something for me because you can't do it in that regard. And that's where ratings and reviews come out. And that's your social proof. That's right. nice. So when you ask people for a referral and they don't have anybody, they feel some sense of needing to give you something. They, they failed you. Kind of, or they, or they, kind of, or they. It's human. It's human behavior that when yeah. when you ask for something of someone and they can't fulfill that, whether or not they want, they were going to or not, it inherently leads to a counter counter action, and that that's ultimately positive for you. That's cool. See, cool. and and I've I've I felt that. that before. I know I've been in situations where somebody really did hook me up, and they did a great job for me, and they asked me for a referral. And I honestly, I want, I would have, I totally would have done it, but I couldn't think of anybody that would have been a good fit for that service provider. 
And, and I did, and I was like, I, I really do like what you do and I, I want to help you, but just not, I got nothing. Nothing's coming because I think part of it, you don't want just crap referrals. You don't want somebody going, yeah, here, here's three people and they give you, you know, their uh, newspaper delivery boy because, <laughs> you know, because first off, who's getting newspapers hey. nowadays? Anyways, come on. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and, the, and they give you their grandma and their, uh, and they give you, their their accountant who doesn't need your services because he's an accountant and and so you got three crappy referrals but people who are really taking the time to think through it i think are going to give you better referrals too yep and what's the key if someone gives you a referral what's the what's the thing you have to do after that it follow up immediately that's what ian vason tells me yes but 24 they hours. Give you the re- within 24 hours but after that's even happened you do one more thing what is it you guys know what it is you kiss some butt you say, thank <laughs> you you, for you give them a big thank you yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, it's not that hard. No, that's cool. So, okay, I like what you said because I've recently, actually, I'm looking at my email right now. I asked a client to find a referral. They did. They went looking. They couldn't find anybody that is a good fit right now. So I, I get to ask that client, could you rate us? Could I ask them to give us a rating on LinkedIn or where do I do yep. it? Yeah. Yeah. This goes back to where it depends on what, which uh, what your platform of choice is. So if let's say because uh, we talked about Intuit beforehand, but Intuit has a ratings and reviews on their Find a Pro Advisor. The okay. best one because um, a lot of people still are geographically uh, centric in terms in terms of who they service and so forth. Yeah. Google My Business is yeah. one of the key assets to go on because what That's happens true. is when you go to Google and you search for an accountant, um, what will happen is the local business reviews will come up first. It actually goes ads first, and then typically second, it will go local listings. Cool. And those uh-huh. local listings are actually going to show the rings and reviews in coordination uh, and prioritized on that list order. So it actually gets you above search organic, organic search results. Wow. And so Google My Business is the number one place I would go. Number two would be whatever general ledger. So if you're using Zero, Zero hasn't rolled out rings and reviews uh, for the Find Advisor site yet, but uh, Intuit has. And then, you know, depending on where you think is most important, whether it be Yelp, Angie's List, wherever you might have gotten leads, um, that's where you want to double down to put some of those, those pieces on. Does that make sense? I love it. Yeah, that's yeah, really... The Google, the Google My Business one is kind of an eye-opener because you don't so, realize what it's really doing, but it's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of goodness there. So Google, Google My Business, I'm not familiar with that, although I am familiar that Google does have ratings that they give, that, that they collect for businesses that people, uh, you know, find on their yep. site. But is that, so you, can it, you, you get, that's, it's, 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 it's related. So when you go and own the listing of your business, that yeah. is Google my business. And that's how okay. you're able to prop up, prop up your particular, uh, details and information about your business on Google. And the, okay. the platform it's done is called Google my business. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I, so I have a question. So what if a firm like ours has, has on purpose narrowed their market a little bit, right? So niching yep. is is a strategy, and we're kind of actually broadening some niches, you know, because it's it's hard to market to a niche. Uh, it, it does tell you who to market to, uh, but it's kind of limited you uh, at the same time. So, so when you have your this, niche goes to ditch, goes to trench, goes to waterway. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> What? I, had a rap song, I had a rap song go in my head too, but those those are inappropriate rhymes. <laughs> you go. So, what is a niche that limits you? So, what, is that it bad? Limit you. Doesn't no. limit you. No. 
Uh, I mean, here's the deal. I mean, this goes back to you guys talking about marketing, right? It's all about marketing strategy. The more broad you go, the more you're going to spend a crap load of money on marketing and get very little return on your money. The more narrow you go, the more pointed your spend can be and the higher the probability is for conversion for any type of client that you're looking to, to capture, if that makes any sense. And so from a marketing standpoint, niche focus and hyper focus on, on its particular target provides you higher efficiencies of your cash. Yeah. So that doesn't mean you have to service everybody. So let's say, you know, Jason, we're going to focus, you focus on creatives and you decide I'm going to focus on the just left an agency, goes to Mac store to buy their computer, then thinks you're going to have a business and is looking for their first contract gig. And that is your quintessential persona and narrow market, yep. which actually is pretty large. Yeah. Uh, I guess I should clarify they had money to actually buy the computer because right. then it gets really <laughs> Right. Yeah, but, they need to have uh, money. They need to have money. Um, but when you go down that narrow, what happens then is you can do a whole bunch of the inbound marketing activities versus even, even in the outbound it gets cheaper where you're then able to attract them such that while you're sleeping, they're able to find you amongst all the sea of the other crap. And this goes back to you guys were, we were talking a little bit about search engine optimization, right? SEO. Yeah, right. Yeah. So the issue with SEO is you really can only target a certain number of keywords that you're going to actually go after. And the more that those keywords are narrow, the more you have it, the, the easier it is to own them. And the crazy thing with search engine optimization is um, for all of those on the, on the Thrivecast here, no one's doing it. Nobody in this industry is really doing it. So unlike when I was at zero um, and, you know, you've got into it down the road – Who's, who basically is this, you know, a huge behemoth where you've got to then crawl your way to be able to get to the top on those search terms, you have a low bar of competitiveness in the industry. And so wow. what you need to do is you need to figure out, well, what is my target audience? Because if you know the target audience, you then are trying to figure out the five keywords. You typically want to create 10 and narrow it down to five keywords that are going to identify them. And those keywords then need to be across all of your content structure on your website, on the content you create, um, and how you articulate yourself online. Because that's what the Google bots and some of the other search crawlers are going to do to identify what the hell you do from what you say you do. Does that make sense? So what, tell me, give me an example of some keywords. So let's say, um, let's say we did the example of what we just talked about. Um, you know, the typical person would go in there and say, well, we focus on small businesses. Well, shoot, you've just now got, you know, 28 million different uh, <laughs> right, people you can right, get, right? Right. But if I go, let's say I go on the, let's see, we go on the creatives. I say, okay, I'm going to be, um, I'm going to focus on architects. Right. And I'm going to focus on architects in New York's, in New York State. So I put New York as a location. But okay. I'm doing architects that um, focus on, uh, let's say, um, uh, modern, let's say modernization, modernization of buildings. So yep. maybe modern is the key word. Uh, and then let's say I'm looking for, let's say I'm going to focus on architects that um, are starting up. So let's say startup. So you can start to see them. It's not, yeah. what I want to do is I want to look for those um, variables, whether it be um, size of business, um, revenue size, geographic location, um, let's say, uh, life, cycle, life cycle of their business, where they are in that cycle, um, what their needs are. So maybe for, for architects, it's really a lot around forecasting because it's capital, okay. a lot of capital expenditure. Mm, and okay. so their needs are forecasting. 
maybe they also need to have um, really, you know, let's say it's bookkeeping. So maybe there's a couple services I want to wrap into my keywords. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So I'm going to write out. I'm going to write out this collective set. I'm just going to go down and drop as many of these particular identifiers as I can, these and words. I'll get a set of, of words. And I've yeah. got ten to twenty words. And then now the question is: is what are the five that are the most resonant? And now uh-huh. the trick is: is you sign up for a Google AdWords account, which sounds perverse, but it's free. You go sign up for Google AdWords, and what you get in Google AdWords is a Google keyword tool. It's called Keyword. Uh, just search for Keyword Analyzer or Keyword Tool. Yeah. And you can mm-hmm. drop in every single one of those keywords into Google, and it will tell you what is, if it's a high, a medium, or a low value term, like uh, how much search volume is on it. It'll give nice. you insights who's bidding on it. It'll give you the bid pricing on that. Wow. And so you tell, for instance, if I go in and we were to, art, we were to take the top 20 keywords uh, for accountants and what they're generally tagging, I could tell you exactly from that tool what are the ones people are most avid, you know, most likely to be bidding on, and mm-hmm. that'll tell me what my competitors think are the most valuable keywords. So okay. I can now gain from the audience at large what are the ones that are actually driving positive behavior. Okay, and then so I, you, I can. So you're you're stuff. assuming that they're right. You're saying you're you're basically scalping words. So you're not saying if if there's a lot of bids on this word, go find another word that's cheaper. You're saying no, this is a good word because people supply and demand. People want that word. Exactly. If I kept buying the word and it wasn't working out, I'd be out of business, right? Okay, so, gotcha. Right. So the key is, is when you're buying keywords, that's expensive and that's cash. Right. When search engine optimization, you're owning the keyword and you're never buying it. And so when you place that within your content and your website architecture across your navigation in certain places, you get all of that credit for those words without ever having to pay anything. Does that make okay. sense? Yes. So it does. Let me make sure I'm, I'm following you. So what you're saying is that on my website, whatever those five words are, I'm going to want to hammer them on my website without necessarily looking like I'm hammering them. You mean in the blog content, Greg, right? Well, yeah, so you want to be strategic and place it almost everywhere. And the key is, is what you said, Greg, it's got to be readable. You don't, you never, you never put anything up that's keyword smashing or loading. You do it in, in written proper text. Okay. So let's get an example. So Jason, uh, you're going to write a fantastic blog at the end of this because I've inspired you with oh, such yeah. magical and goodness that you're going to go out there and do some stuff. In your blog, you should figure out a way to take those five keywords and in some way in the first two sentences, list out those keywords in those sentences. And so you don't, so if you ever look at like what Zero did or Intuit or whatnot, if you notice every press release, Every article that's generally written, there is a signal in that first sentence or two that is, is flagging at least two or three keywords in it. So that when the crawlers read that first sentence, it will then associate those words to that firm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so the, the Google AdWords account was only to find out the words that are valuable that you should be putting on your site. You're not actually paying Google anything at this point. That's exactly, that's exactly right. The Google is smart. The reason why they put it there is that way you have a Google AdWords account because your likely progression from keywords SEO is to go into SEM, search engine marketing. So you're going to go ahead and pay. So they're just smart to lop, lop them together. So is what you're talking about, is that, is that paid it's called paid marketing. Is that these Facebook ads, Twitter ads, LinkedIn ads? Those, these are, are, those, all, are, all, those are all paid. That's the outbound marketing. So okay. search engine optimization is all inbound marketing, which is what you're doing in terms of how you're talking about yourself and your content that you've created um, that people could read. Um, they'll search and read. 
that drives uh, drives that goodness, okay. and that's all free. Okay, so so, so here's here's my question. Um, so we've got SEO, we've got our five keywords, we've got Google AdWords to figure out which are the best keywords, and then we've got to be diligent to to uh, to populate our website, both both our like homepage and our blogs and everything that we're putting online that's going to drive people to our webpage with those five keywords. Correct so far. It is correct so far. So it's a little bit more, um, there's a little bit more to it. So if you want to go into that, I also gave a webinar on this recently, which I could direct people to um, that's off of carbon. But what I'm doing is I'm pulling up my own notes because this stuff is not as simple as it seems. It's simple to implement, but it's not as simple to follow. Right. Okay. So what we can do is I can give a little bit of a summary and go back to it. Okay. Well, here's, here's kind of where I was going and I do want to hear your summary, but, but kind of where I was going too is how, how DIY is this? Cause I start, cause like just listening to you, I go, wow, this sounds awesome. And that sounds like a great thing. And it sounds like a great opportunity if, if accounting firms suck at this right. and I can go in and just kind of do, you know, do something and get an advantage over a bunch of other accounting firms. But I also feel like when I would actually try to implement it, I'd start getting lost in the weeds. And you're saying, are you saying it is easy to get lost in the weeds? Yeah, I think it goes back to you want someone to help you direct your activities and give you, okay. you know, at least be a sounding board on this. So yeah. okay. here's, the, here's the issue. And you guys basically, you know, you guys know this because you work with a lot of creatives. If you go and you hire an agency to help you out, you will pay through the nose yes. to do a lot of the upfront work to really lay out what your strategy is. And so whether or not you're going to recreate a website or whether or not you're going to figure out your keywords, there's a lot of self-exploration and a lot of legwork you can do just to do the prep work, like figuring out what are the 20 keywords that I want to look at. Uh, because that's, you inherently know your business and you can sound that off with a few people in the office or go talk to your, your spouse about it and you can come up with that exhaustive list. That takes a lot of the weight and the cost out of working with somebody else because you haven't taken the 20 and narrowed it down to five. But you please put the 20 together and that person could help you narrow it down to the five. And those 20 words are just, just, they're just adjectives. Yep. They're just identifiers. Identifiers identifiers of your customer, not identifiers of you. That's exactly right. See, and that turns it around for me. I thought it would have been the other way around. So that's, that's insightful. Well, let me, let me clarify that. So I, I misspoke there. It's two things. It's the customer's or the client's pain that they're trying to solve Uh and how they expect to solve it. So, for instance, if you're an accountant, one of your keywords is probably going to be an accountant. And it's it's probably the services that that they're going to be looking for. But it's also the specifics of the business that they're in. Again, because I, as an an architect, want to find an accountant that service architects in my local area over this particular need that I have in order to get past the problem I'm facing. Does that make sense? Yes. Love it. So there is a bunch of stuff that you can do that is self-service. So I think the keywords you can self-service and you can go to Google AdWords uh, and go to the keyword tool and it's keyword analyzer and you can start to explore with that to figure out which ones you're missing because it gives you synonyms. It gives you some other ones to consider. Um, it, It does a good job propping that up. And then the first thing is, is as you start writing content going forward, you can just pick what those priority ones are and just start placing them in strategically in, in the headers and the titles and the first sentence where it becomes readable, right? Anybody can do that. Don't, you don't need to pay anybody to do any of that. Where it gets a little bit more tricky is, and if you're not web savvy, where you need to be really placing these things are or what are called the meta title tags yeah. and the meta descriptions and the header tags on your site. 
And so that for some people is just too scary. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of times, which this might be a good good time to wait, look wait, at wait. Possibly- You're yeah. saying meta titles is too scary for people? It is for some. Looking know, at HTML. I'm, no, I'm, I'm okay. being sarcastic because that word is like, what the <laughs> hell is a meta? Meta tags, meta titles. Meta tags, meta titles. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Yeah, you're way, that, that feels like the deep end for me. Yeah. So. So, there's, so there's five places to go. I'm just going to throw it out there to confuse people and then we Good. can talk about it there. Meta, so it's meta title tags, meta descriptions, the heading tags that sit within the content, the URL structure of the site the alt tags that sit on images, and then ultimately the links that come, that come back to your site. Mm-hmm. That is what drives search engine optimization. The good thing is, it sounds a little foreign. If you work with a local agency in your area, they'll understand it very clearly and very easily. And the bar is so low right now in industry that if yeah. you focus on it, goodness will come. Okay, so here's, so, so I'm, trying, I'm putting my, my, myself in the shoes of, again, like a small firm owner who's listening to this, who goes, yeah, meta title tags, no frigging clue. Uh, But they're also, but I also feel like there's so, I get bombarded with people like saying, hey, I do SEO. And I go, I think that you're full of crap. So I guess two two questions. Yeah. Well, well, so what's no, funny I, is we got we, we got we got hit by that as well. And so actually our our actual SEO expert in-house actually does do this for folks when we get called out by folks to help. Cool. So wow. if people are if people are really, really stretched and they don't know, they can reach out to us and we can help as well. It's cool. not it's not decor, but again, we're the practice growth engine. Wow. So it's uh-huh. something people ask us to do. So we 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 do, do okay. that as a Good. Okay. Well, that, and that's and that's one thing is I, I guess the two questions are how do you select the SEO guy if you have no idea where to go, and where do you uh, how, how much how much how, how much do you think uh, for for the uh, an uh, like a range of pricing how much is it going to cost me because I have no I, I'm not anchored I don't have any idea how much a service like this would cost. What do you? It really goes thoughts? yeah it goes back to whether or not you're doing a website redevelopment which is uh-huh. partially. When someone goes to do this, um, right. you might want to just look at upvamping your website, and then you're right. talking anywhere between five to twenty grand, yep. depending upon okay. the pervasiveness and size of the site. If okay. you're looking for SEO support, this is just like when I'd have people come and say they're going to be a social marketer for me when I was at zero, or yep. even now when I'm at Carbon. Yep. If they show up and their resume doesn't have any social social media tags on it, I pretty much know they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Right. <laughs> so if someone's going to say they're an SEO expert, search them online. See whether or not they pop up. See where they are in the list order uh, right. on the rankings. So uh, use use Google as your friend to help you detect whether or not they really know what the hell they're talking right. about. Because if them they're not if, if they're not SEOing themselves, then they're SOLing <laughs> themselves. <Yes>. Hey yo, <laughs> hey yo. Yep. Well, yep. so okay, so we're running out of time here. We what? Could, like this? Yeah, this is like <laughs> we got we got deep, man. Yeah. Um, what? So. What's the easiest thing people should do? Maybe it is the five words. Go look up five words on Amazon. You start with the keywords. Honestly, um, online you can find out easily how to handle this, but the meta title tag and the description and the header tags is where to start. And it's very easy to do on your website. It's just that the name sounds scary, but it's not. So there's plenty of online resources that tell you how to do that. And that's the reason why that's important is when you Google yourself, you Google your name or things about your business, what pops up in the search result is the title, is the description. That's what you see that you select and you click on. And that is where you get the big, biggest bang for your buck. 
Does that make sense? That makes sense, yeah. Okay. Yep. Dang, dude. I know, right? This is some deep stuff. Yeah. I will tell you, the proof proof is in the pudding. You know, when I started at zero, we were on the seventh or eighth page. And by doing just a dedicated effort on SEO, it's now ranked number one, two, or three across the globe on on almost any search. So. But I will to, to the audience out there, you have to realize that search and optimization, when you put the changes in, will not have an impact on day one. Mm-hmm. You will get an impact possibly six months later, oh, three wow. to six months later. Okay. So it's one of these things that you do and you know that it's coming later down the line and something you have to have a dedicated effort for. But once it works for you, it is magic. Yeah, nice. that's great. Well, that's how, good to know. Well, how do people find you, Ian? How do they follow you online or f- go to your site or something? They can just email me at ian at carbonhq.com. They can go to carbonhq.com and just hit, the, hit any of the contact stuff. Uh, they can just follow us at carbonhq and just pick us, you know, just, just reach out to Carbon directly. Or they can hit me on my tag either on Twitter or whatnot. It's, it's either uh, at sign Ian underscore Vason or Ian Vason. Uh, any of those ones will work. Nice. Cool. Very nice. And I'm on and LinkedIn. You can just type in Ian Vase, and there's only one of us and there's only one of me in the world, so it's not cool. Okay, good. That's <laughs> nice. Hey, and, and you're cool with giving us the link to that webcast that you did on all this, right? Yeah, I'll send it over to you guys. That, I give oh, it to you, be... but it's about fifty characters long, and I don't think that's good for a podcast. Right, right, right. No. Yeah, yeah. Shoot, shoot it over and we'll put it in the yeah, show we'll notes. Because I'm sure I'm sure people will listen to this and then go, Yeah, I wanna I wanna look at that that webcast to get get some more info because this this seems like a valuable uh yeah, everybody's going to want to know this. This is stuff. awesome. Better. Ian, thank you for helping us be practice growth experts. I do what I can, guys. You, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's always you, a blast, guys. Oh, man. Yeah. You, you're, yeah. you're awesome. So thanks, Ian. We'll see you, and we're out of here. Cheers. Okay, that was awesome with Ian. He, he blew yeah. our mind on Secret Stash, and yeah. people get to hear that later. Exactly. Hey, uh, so we're, we're about out of here. Big thanks uh, again to Avalara for being a sponsor. Thank you. Big, big thanks to uh, to your wife, Jennifer Blummer, for being our producer right. for the podcast. That's right. And, and Aaron Dowd, he's our audio engineer. He puts yep. this crap together and bleeps stuff out when it needs to be bleeped. Right. Uh, because there's some of that, at least in the Secret Sash episode. That's so. right. We appreciate that, and we and we just want to uh, one one last time before we go to to uh, put our money where our mouth is. We do have a call to action uh, that we'd like uh, that we'd like you to do. That's what right. We, what we'd like you to do is we'd like you to go to Jason's Twitter and we'd like you to unfollow him. I only need about no. maybe a hundred or two hundred people to do that, and then I will have more followers than Jason. So uh, <laughs> no, that's, and, that's not the that's, call to action. That's not what we. No. So the call uh, to action is. Our community is ready to care for more members, and we're looking for that those family members. Yeah. And you can grow with us, and we get to care for you. So exactly. um, you and need to join know, Thrival well, as you, a member. You know if you need to do it because we're not right for everybody. That's this right. Is not, this is not the place for everybody. It's for that but, startup and maturing firm where you might feel alone, but guess what? You're right. not alone. And, and that's the coolest thing. I'm a very, you know, accountants are very analytical people, but you'll, you know, if you're supposed to be here. So take the next step, come to Deeper Weekend, go on Thrival, check out membership, stuff yep. like that. Yep. So do yeah. That. So register for our conference, Deeper Weekend, go to thrival.com, T H R I V E A L.com. And there's a little orange banner down in the middle of the page. 
click that and register. It's going to be, it's always a lot of fun in Greenville, South Carolina. It is for sure. And Jason, how do people get a hold of you? That's a call to action. That's right. Hit me up on Twitter at Jason M. Blummer. I didn't know how to say the call to action. So how to, what's the call to action to find you, Gregory? Uh, uh, go to Twitter at Greg Kite, Kite with a Y, not with an I, because my ancestors spelled just as poorly as I do. Uh, oh, oh. That's it. We're For episode 60-whatever this is. We love it. Thank you, Ian. Thank yeah. you, Avalara. Thank you, Greg. And yeah, thank you, Jason. And thanks, listeners. Come back next month, and we're going to have another. Uh, we're going to have an amazing episode oh, yeah. next time with the dude that, yeah. uh, that you were talking about on the book club. I forgot. I think it's the dude that you're talking about on the book club with the with the rocket butt book or what what was it called? Oh, uh, Mark Winners with Rocket Fuel. Oh no, we're doing David Suskin next time with the oh. book that Ron talked about last year at Deeper Weekend. But I think we're also going to get Rocket Fuel uh, maybe for early next year. So we got okay. tons of stuff coming up. Right. We got awesome. the Deeper Weekend uh, uh, live uh, podcast. We got a Secret Stash episode in December. We, this year's quickly upon us and we've got lots of great content so keep in touch come back listen to all that stuff and thank you for listening to this one thank you bye